Hi, folks. How are you out there? Um, this is a very special episode of Time to Talk TFMR. Um, we're actually not supposed to be coming out with another episode until um, next month, August. Um, but after last week's uh, court case that was in the news and the uh, amount of social media that Catherine and I were putting out there in regards to that, we just felt it was really important to spend some more time talking about this. And we're very lucky that Jane from ARC has been able to join us as well. So she's come in very quickly on short notice to, to come and talk to us a bit more about this. Uh, so welcome, Jane. Thank you so much for being here with Hi, us. Pleased to be asked. Thanks for having me. Um, and I think it's safe to say that, you know, Catherine, we both felt quite uh, just really a bit sick and a bit shaky and everything from from last week yes definitely yeah. took me a few days to process it all yeah yeah, yeah. there's some very difficult stuff in the media for people who've been affected by this for sure really hard yeah definitely and I think I feel like every time there's something like this it's it's another body blow for for us um and, and having to justify yourself and your position yeah. again yes yeah. yes yeah yeah, yeah. No, it's incredibly frustrating so for anybody sort of wondering what we're going on about, if you didn't catch it, um, last week, a case was brought to the high court by three claimants. Uh, one of those women is a woman with Down syndrome, living with Down syndrome. And another woman is a, is a mother with a child who has Down syndrome. Um, and those three brought a case against the government for their law on terminations allowed after 24 weeks, um, uh, saying that that is discriminatory towards, especially people who have Down syndrome. That is their claim. And, you know, it was in the news, there was, uh, you know, a few articles written about it. And, uh, you know, as usual, it feels like there's that one side of the story um, being told. And of course, what we have is a woman with Down syndrome, who is able to say, you know, look at me, I'm here and I'm uh, living a happy life. I'm married. I have a job and whatnot. So it's it's not fair that you should be able to uh, terminate a pregnancy um, based on Down syndrome, um, what she has. Uh, to be fair, what they're also saying is that any non-fatal, I'll put in quotation marks, non-fatal diagnosis should not be allowed after 24 weeks. Um, you know, and it just hurts quite a lot, us parents who, it, it, what it turns into, it feels like we just decided we didn't want our babies anymore based on a diagnosis, which is not the case. Exactly. <laughs> um, just yeah. wake up one day and decide that, that that's it. Yeah. Or be told, you know, there's something wrong here. And then we just go, okay, get rid of our baby then. We don't want it anymore. That is not what, what happens. And uh, quite often what's being painted is that is the implication of what's being said uh, in these in these newspaper re reports. What I will say is that, um, you know, there was a report done by Emma Forsyth Haslett, who writes as a journalist and writes for the New Statesman. Um, she did a piece which... I had a few words in and Jane also had a few words in. And so it was at least we had something there that was showing this other side. Um, so we're, we're thankful, grateful to her for that. But yes, it, it was it, it, it we needed more um, to be talked about. So here we are talking about it some more. So, yeah, Jane, do you want to 
do you want to tell us a little bit about your thoughts on this? I mean, you get you get called in to talk about these things all the time. Yes, yes. And first and foremost, obviously, I do feel for everybody that's been distressed by some of the media coverage. As I said earlier, it's been very difficult for a lot of people who've been through this to be party to. But we at ARC are very set against what um, well, Heidi Crowder and, and Moira Lee Wilson and their entourage have set out to do, because what they're trying to do with this judicial review is actually say that the law as it stands, the abortion law as it stands, is discriminatory to people living with disabilities and that it contravenes human rights law. And if they were to succeed with their case, which I'm pretty confident they won't, they would set a precedent because that would mean that if this is a breach of human rights, that a fetus has human rights, mm. that a fetus has personhood, and it would have huge implications, obviously. And, and let's just say this has been the argument in sort of terminations yes, in general, or against in general. in general, it has been the thing. It does yes. the fetus have and, and I think we can say safely say that this case has been brought by a combination of forces, really, people who are anti-abortion across the piece, mm. who want to problematize the law, and those who do have concerns about prenatal diagnosis and, mm. and what that says about people living with disabilities, but it's a coalition of the two sets of forces. So we would not want this to succeed. As I say, I don't think it's going to, because if they do, one, we have the issue of fetal personhood, which is a problem. And two, this idea that we just restrict choice after 24 weeks is really problematic because even though more diagnoses can happen before that time, mm. it's still the case that the main scan in pregnancy happens yeah. at 20 weeks. Yeah. And we all know it doesn't necessarily happen right at 20 weeks. Exactly. Yeah, and if, yeah. if something's found at that scan, there's follow-up testing. Yeah. And so it's going to bring people very close to that 24-week mm. limit. The other factor we're dealing with, and we, we get more calls on our ARC help plan than we used to about this, is things being picked up much later in pregnancy. So women having um, scans for placental position or mm. scans for fetal growth, mm. and suddenly they put the probe on and they see there's something going on with the baby's brain development. Mm. And they suddenly unearth a fairly This sort of triggers major, off. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. So the law as it stands at the moment enables those incredibly painful and difficult decisions to be made on a case-by-case -case basis. Mm. And it, we're not talking about lots of cases. I think the latest statistic is about 229. All will be compelling circumstances. As in that's after the 24-week yeah, mark? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is that the whole of the UK? Yep. Yeah. So it's very few in the... Sorry, no, that's not counting Scotland. That's Sorry, that's England and Wales. England and Wales, okay. Yeah. But, I mean, still, that is a very small amount in what how many pregnancies are going on you know in any given year um yeah it, it's we're not talking about large numbers but obviously all those particular cases are significant and, absolutely yeah yeah and, i mean it's significant to those families who are being faced yes, with yes yes and, and, and i think from our conversations with women making these decisions and as you know no these are decisions that are made with 
through a harrowing process of working out what the diagnosis means in those individual circumstances. And this argument that somehow women couples are um, casting aspersions, making value judgments on people actually living with disabilities is, is so untrue. I mean, the number of people we talk to who have their own personal experience of the mm. particular condition, have family members work with people with the condition or have done their research and mm. then worked out what it means to them in their circumstances. And I really don't see, I, I, I completely understand that people who have disabilities want to make sure that the information that's being given is balanced, is accurate, is, is giving a, a holistic picture of what it can be like to bring up a child, to have an adult with a condition. So it's not just all about the medical facts. Mm. But that is much better now. There is that information out there. And to actually go as far to say, well, you cannot make this choice. I don't see in any shape or form how that is going to improve the lives of people living with disabilities. It doesn't make sense to me how that's going to happen. I don't see that you make any progress in a society by restricting someone else's choices. Yeah. It just seems completely counterintuitive. Well, I would go as far as to say it sounds completely bonkers, really. They just <laughs> don't they just don't match, do they? I mean, no. they, this is they're two separate issues, no. disability rights and rights to make your choices about your family, your life, your child's life are are very different kettles of fish. Um, and I would agree that it doesn't um yeah it just doesn't really compute um it's so unique to everyone as well yeah like it's never your one size fits all no absolutely and I think that was one of the things listening to Heidi is you know her saying but look at me uh and I'm going yes look at you you are here you are you know living your life that's you that doesn't mean that's what everybody will have or be like it is so individual and when uh, a parent is given a diagnosis uh, especially if it's down syndrome or you know luna had turner syndrome i want to come back to that because i find like this is fascinating that why is this always about down syndrome and we never hear from other syndromes um you know so both are non-fatal uh supposedly non-fatal um so you know <sighs> what's what's sort of going on there why yeah why are we why are we only hearing about down syndrome why is that being used as uh, lack of better diagnosis yeah the, yeah the poster yeah. child of this yeah. i yeah. i don't understand well it's it's it, it originated in the united states okay where obviously the debate around abortion in general is much much more polarized than it is here and there are guns involved which yeah Thankfully, we don't have here, but I think they found success campaigners in using Down syndrome because you can you can set up a very compelling narrative. You mm. can have great visuals. You can have people who advocates who are speaking for themselves who have the yes. all yes. those things, and so you can really arm yourselves for, for for communications and media with things that work very effectively. So I, that's the thing. When I, when we found out about Luna, I did my research and I, you know, coming, I knew we were doing this recording. I thought, let me go back and sort of refresh my memory um, because I, I just was like, why are we not seeing women and girls out there saying, don't screen me out and, and things like that? Because Turner's women and girls are 
out there functioning, highly functioning. Um, you know, I've watched videos of women with PhDs in education and um, you wouldn't know to look at them that, that they have any sort of disorder or, you know, dealing with anything um, disability wise in their lives. So if anything, you would think, well, they'd be out there shouting and, you know, bringing court cases. <laughs> Why is it Down syndrome? Because what there isn't for Turner's syndrome is a standardized national screening program. Mm. And there is screening for Down syndrome in most industrialized countries. Mm. There is a huge business of private screening and okay. diagnosis for Down syndrome across the, the world. It's, it's, it, it is the most common chromosomal trisom trisomic syndrome. Mm. And a lot of women are aware that as their maternal age increases, the chances of having a baby with Down syndrome increases. And so they're interested in knowing that mm -hmm. and have been for some time. It's been something we can test for, for the last 30, 40, more, more than that now, decades. Mm -hmm. And so it's there, it's, it's always been there. And, and one thing I would say in, 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 in relation to, to Down syndrome, I think things have improved in relation to how screening is presented now. In the past, it was very much, you just, well, you'll just have it, won't you? Right, yeah, now this assumption. more effort made to say to women, do you want this or not? This is optional. You need to decide whether it's important for you to know whether your baby has Down syndrome or not, for whatever reason, you might want to be prepared, you might make a decision to end the pregnancy. You need to think about it. Here's information about the condition, et cetera. So it's, 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 they're much more careful now mm. with, within the framework of screening to treat it as something that's optional, to make sure that people know it's a choice. Whether people always make those really thought through decisions about entering is, an, is for an, a discussion another day. Yeah. But that's much better. So again, I think that, should give us confidence that women are, make choices to enter screening. They make choices to have diagnosis. They're not pushed now in that direction. It's, it's up to them whether they make those decisions. And at ARC, of course, we would say it's absolutely wrong for something that, that Moira Lee Wilson mentions in, her, um, in the case, that to, to, be, to feel pressured, yeah. into terminating a pregnancy in the third trimester because of a diagnosis of Down syndrome is just wrong. Yeah. As it would be to be pressured to continue a pregnancy. Absolutely. Which was one of the things that we put out, you know, in this, in our statement is that, you know, we would not want to live in a world where you were, where anybody is forced to carry yes. on yes. with a pregnancy. Yes. And we would not want to be, we would not want to live in a world where anybody is forced yeah. to terminate pregnancy. Yeah. And, and I want to pause there because this is an important point because it has come out in the media fairly regularly that some of the supporters of, of the, the um, case have said, well, it doesn't matter if we um, change the law at 24 weeks because we still have the clause for grave injury to the mother's um, yes. mental health. So <laughs> yes, I've seen it, that. It, it, well, no, there's still choice. Mm. That's wrong. Yeah, and it's important it to recognize that wrong. There are two, in inverted commas, mental health clauses in the abortion law. The one that often called ground C, that says that it's actually riskier for a woman's mental health to continue the pregnancy than, than terminate the pregnancy, works up until 24 weeks. 
after 24 weeks, it's a different clause. And it means that the woman has to be actively suicidal. Well, I was just about to say, so what? Women have to be saying, I am going to kill myself. I have a plan. How far do they have to go to prove yes. that they you would, you would are on that edge? And how is extricate yeah. themselves from that? They have to get psychiatrists involved. It yeah. would be an absolute nightmare. How so, is that so human disingenuous? Rights. That's so disingenuous. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. advocates to suggest that it makes me very angry. We're, we're pro-choice. We're pro-choice. We're not taking yeah. away choice. We yeah. want to end discrimination. No, you're not. You're anti-choice. And yes. wear it. Own it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like, you know what, just don't muddy the waters is what I was going, you know, going back to the disability rights and rights for choice. They are different things. So don't muddy the waters with this. Catherine, I just wanted to ask you, you know, when you, because Bud had Down syndrome. Yeah, he did. um, When you were going for the screening, What's your experience of that? What were you told? This, and just for everybody listening, Catherine, you, it, Bud was about four years ago, four and a half years ago. So memory may be a little foggy as well, but what is your memory around that, about the, the tests and the screening? Um, I do remember just being offered it and saying yes. Mm-hmm. I think it's because it's on everyone's minds that you know, you're looking for Down syndrome, but you, just, you never expect to be that one at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, and we were actually very close to the cutoff point because it was one in 150, isn't it? And they have to tell you if it's lower than that. So we were one in 148. Yeah. So I just think, God, if it had been any different, then they never would have said anything to us. Yeah. Yeah. And how does that feel, being so close on that cutoff and the surreal, possibility of not knowing? Surreal. Yeah. And you think 148 people in a room, like, how could it possibly be you? Yeah, so I don't believe in statistics anymore. No, no, don't blame you. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, that that sort of, you know, the disbelief, I think, that parents feel when they're being told that there's something wrong, whether that's Down syndrome, whether that's Turner syndrome, whether that's Edwards or Patow's or any other of the myriad of like hundreds of things that can go wrong. Thousands, actually. Yeah. Okay. There you go. (laughs) Sorry. You've heard it from Jane herself. (laughs) Thousands of things that can go wrong in a pregnancy. It kind of doesn't really matter. I mean, what brought Catherine and I together was this whole idea about non-fatal diagnosis and, you know, how parents that are being told, well, you know, your baby could survive. We're not really sure. Here's all the information. Go away and think about it. You know, how there's an extra layer of feeling like, a bigger weight of decision perhaps I'm not even really sure if that's completely true uh, I, I you know compared to a fatal diagnosis let's say but I, I mean it, it feels like maybe because I don't know Catherine I sort of experience a feeling like well we're not being told that our baby's going to die for sure definitely and so therefore the decision is all ours yeah if it that's what it wonder, is because I was thinking like especially for down syndrome all we see is the good bit so mm. where do the people who do decide to terminate where do they that where does their logic and thinking come from mm. I think because they do and, and again we have some knowledge of this people do their research yeah uh, they do their research and they work out again what it means within their context yeah what the possible outcomes might mean to them in their unique family circumstances. I think it's also your ability to take 
um, the unknown, yeah, you know, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. yeah, because no doctor, when they give you this diagnosis, yeah. no doctor. And I think this is the other thing with this court case and these women talking about it that are not being clear is that you're not given this diagnosis. And the doctor then says, right. So it's say it's down syndrome and your baby will have this, 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 and this, and they will grow and, and be able to, uh, feed themselves and go to normal school and da, 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 da they're not able to tell you that. And we had it with Brenda, when we had Dr. Brenda Kelly on, she said, you know, this is really difficult because us as doctors, we know patients and are looking to us to tell them. Yeah. And we can't, we just can't. We can tell you structurally yeah. what's going on with your baby. We can see the brain, we can see the heart, we can see organs and whatnot, but we can't tell you intellectually what that was going to be happening with that baby as they grow. Exactly. I think one of the reasons we were thinking of is, you know, who is going to look after him when he's gone. Yeah. Like a healthy child, you know, grows into a healthy adult who can look after themselves. And But once uh, a child with Down syndrome, you just don't know, do you? You yeah. don't know how yeah. independent they will ever be. Yeah. yeah. If something happens to you, mm-hmm. when, you know, before it, you know, before old age or if something you get ill, yeah. or whatever, exactly. who's going to look after your child, yeah. you know? And, it, you know, it, it's going back to something I think you said earlier, Catherine, I, I don't think there should ever be a reason that somebody has to stand up and, and try to and have to justify their reasoning. They made a decision and, and that's fine. And, and people should respect that both ways. And, and I think that the problem we have culturally is everything is pushed into this polarised binary positioning. Mm. You know, if you if you people who continue the, with, with Down syndrome, who continue their pregnancies, they are, you know, they say that they're, they're pushed into terminating, that people have a go at them because they should have terminated and they, they, they should feel guilty for bringing a child into the world with a disability. On the other side, people who end their pregnancies, they're made to feel, or oh, you're the selfish ones, you took the easy option, how dare you do, you know, it, and it becomes this ridiculous, mm. binary opposed circumstance when it's so far from the truth it's much more nuanced and much more complicated than it's never black or white is it no absolutely not and the moment we can't have these conversations because it all comes back to for example if i on behalf of arc start to talk about women and how they make their decisions and their thought processes about the quality of life for their child and that their child might have challenges or suffer the other side pounce yeah yeah how dare you say that? Are you saying I made a decision to continue my pregnancy and wanted my child to suffer? Yeah. And, and well, this is it. No, no <laughs> we're not. Exactly. I, I think, you know, we've said it uh, probably on almost every episode that, you know, you are making the best decision yes. you can and in the decisions. moment with the information that you have with who you are in that moment as well. What you're able to, t- we were talking about the unknowns, how you're able to um absorb those unknowns yeah. and go forward with that yeah you know and i for one see us all in the same camp as soon as you're told there's something wrong with your baby actually whether that's in pregnancy or after birth i feel that there's this all of a sudden your life has changed and what you thought you were going to be doing or having is gone and there's a grief in that and I feel like we have something in common here rather than being set apart from each other 
Yes. Yes. That is our common yes. experience. Yeah. Um, and the complex emotions around both yeah. pathways. They're yeah. going to be complex emotions, whichever both way. Both are going to have fear. Yes. Both, both are going to have, have the unknown. Guilt. Potentially guilt, exactly. Yep. There's there's all sorts of complicated emotions. And if we can just respect that they are two different decisions. Let's not yeah. put moral weight behind one or the other. Yeah. They're morally equal. They're just different decisions. The yeah. problem is we can't do that because of the specter of abortion. And yeah. We... So let's talk about that. Okay. So, you know, again, listeners, I, you know, if you are hearing the word, the A word, and it's feeling a bit, a uh, little bit spiky, um, you know, where we hear, we, you know, we can understand that. Yeah. But I, th I think we can't have this conversation without using that word um interchangeably with termination um because because i just don't think we can because i can understand though i can understand Haley, how people mm. do struggle or you know most people we deal mm. with never use the word abortion. a tiny number would ever yeah. use the word abortion because there is that need and it's absolutely understandable to make it clear that the pregnancy was wanted yeah the diagnosis wasn't, the pregnancy was wanted. And abortion yeah. has that sense of it being an unwanted pregnancy. And also, of course, it's the A word. It's used in the polemics, in the politics, yeah, yeah, yeah. in yeah. the sloganeering. It's extremely emotive, I think yeah. is what it is. Yeah. So let's recognize that it is emotive and some people might be feeling that. Um, what I want to sort of say though, and this is a thought that's kind of dawned on me Probably it's been growing in me for a while, to be honest. But in this last week, especially, I've kind of gone, hang on a minute. Are we? Because of this sort of, and again, I'm going to try to say this <laughs> carefully um, and with respect, because I am one of those people that when I wanted my baby, I still say I wanted Luna. There was no ifs, ands, or buts about that. I wanted Luna. And I've held on to that as my thing, but I wanted her. And I know Catherine with Bud, it's yeah. I wanted him. And yeah. I am just wondering if inadvertently, innocently, really, what we've kind of, in a way, been trying to do is say that, therefore, we're, we're better than people who didn't want their pregnancies and had an abortion and trying to draw this distinction are we so we've had these discussions about grief hierarchy have we been inadvertently creating a hierarchy here to say that we're above women who didn't want their pregnancies it, it can get difficult because i remember when we started the work with BPAS, the british pregnancy advisory service to advise mm -hmm. them on setting up a pathway for women and couples um, going to them after a diagnosis, so for, for TFML. Um, and in the workshops with staff, when we were presenting the pathway, um, there was some concern among some of the, the clinical staff. Well, what are we doing here? Mm. Here we are affording all this TLC, this sensitivity, this special pathway to woman A and her partner, Mm. While woman B, who's just coming in because her contraception failed or she got really drunk and doesn't know even mm. who the father was, 
we just don't give offer the same yeah um care and, and we were very quick to say we, we don't want that we don't want to create the hierarchy but what we can predict about Ms. A, who's had a diagnosis and is facing a termination, is that she is going to have particular needs. She's going to be in acute distress. Mm. Of course, you should be ready for any of the other women yes. who, who enter your clinics to, to being acute distress, but you, it's a given yeah. with Ms. A. And so it's worth thinking about the particular needs she will have. But no, we felt very strongly that we didn't want to say, yours is the good termination, yeah and you're the bad girl who's had the bad termination no. yes no. yeah and what was um bpass's reaction to you they got saying to. They, yeah. got to. Okay. they did get it and, and they, they i think they were relieved that we weren't looking for us to to do that yeah to kind of yeah push other women aside so these women got better care it was they should be good good care for everybody but it's worth you taking some extra trouble here and having a pathway because then you're meeting the needs of your clients mm. Yeah, I remember what actually a friend, sorry, a friend said to me um, that she'd had an abortion, but she was like, I did want him, you know, as well. And I almost felt like a sense of then there's almost a hierarchy. And I realized yeah. obviously there's a, another world between abortions of wanted and unwanted, but you couldn't have your child or couldn't go through the pregnancy due to the life circumstances. Like she was on her own at the time in between houses. Mm. She said there was just no way I could have brought a child into this world. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there, there will be plenty of women who, well, we've spoken to, we've got an episode coming out, um, you know, in a few weeks time um, where we've had somebody on who has had uh, terminations in her early, and she uses the word terminations to describe all of these terminations to in her earlier life um, because of uh, unplanned or uh, pregnancy. Um, and then went on to have a termination for medical reasons more recently. And she talks about what happened in her emotional state. Um, so we, that will be coming out. We are going to be talking about this more, but I, you know, I, I, I'm aware that we've, we've sort of, we're talking about this stuff and Jane, you're very aware of it and BPAS is very aware of it, but what about media and society? And, you know, this is coming back to media and about how we like to sort of paint, we, society, uh, media, like to go, you're the bad girl, you're the good girl. Yes. And where, you know, this feels like this has been a conversation going on since the beginning of time. Yes. Where are, you know, when are we going to stop having this conversation and just accepting women are human beings that can make decisions about yeah, their lives I mean, it, and bodies? It's, it's incredibly difficult when we continue with what is a stigma around ending a pregnancy mm -hmm. in any circumstance, there's stigma. Yeah. And that hasn't gone anywhere. It's, it's, it's there, some of it's there because there is this polarized attitude to the termination of pregnancy and there are people that hold very strong views of how wrong it is. And obviously on the other side, those who are pro-choice who hold equally strong views on how right it is. And it's just created this, you know, there is this whole stigma around it. We can't just, we can't treat it um, rationally. Mm. We can't mm. say, which I think is, is really worth saying, that without provision of safe termination services, women could not be equal within society. It would be impossible. And I'm, I feel that very sincerely. I mean, I know that's not necessarily to do with the work I do at ARC, but women's equality in society 
rests on reproductive choice. Yeah. If she cannot control her fertility and reproduction, she cannot stand with men and be equal and and do what she wants with her life. It's fundamental. And I wonder, and this is the other thing that's been poking around in my head this last week, people, is that a lot of this fighting with each other is distraction. Is distraction from what actually is important for us as women or birthing people. Um, that we have that equality. And yes. so we're pitted against yes. each other. Yes, yes. And, and I think part of the reason that this has been quite fertile territory using prenatal diagnosis for those who are anti-choice is because they know it's a bit of an Achilles heel among some pro-choice campaigners. Mm. That they, you know, they're very gung-ho, pro-choice. It's just, a, it's, it's just... Um, part of health and as early as necessary, et cetera. Oh, but prenatal diagnosis, disability, I feel a bit awkward around that. And they're they're using that Mm. because those people, those same people who are pro-choice are very um, conscious of the disability rights argument. The disability, some of the disability rights, the more radical campaigners who say the whole premise of prenatal screening diagnosis is eugenic that it's soft eugenics, that we're setting up this whole idea that having a child with an illness or disability is a disaster. And they they buy into that, and so they get very angsty around this area. So that's another reason why it's been a successful territory, I think, for them. How frustrated are you, Jane? Very. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think... Things will change. I think I think what we have to remember too is that what we see in the media, what we hear in the media, is um, a relatively small group of people mm. making a lot of noise. And under that are the, the silent majority. Mm. And I think the silent majority, as in many things, are much more thoughtful than we give them credit for. Mm. Will actually be on our side here. And what gives me confidence in saying that is we, um, are, we're in the office, we're reading an article in the Daily Mail about the case. Ugh. Just last week. Daily Mail. Oh, okay. <laughs> we can see how this is going to go. But wait, looking at the comments below the line on that day, there was an amazing difference in numbers in those posts that were like, that were actually against the winning of the case. Okay. So the majority of people co- looking at those comments were, were, were agreeing with us yeah. that, that, that we shouldn't be restricting choice and telling women what to do, which I thought was very interesting. Mm. I, th- I think probably we could predict that that is the wider opinion, that people think, well, I think we can trust women, mm. couples, parents to make their own decisions here. They don't need somebody else telling them this is what you should do. Mm. Is there any worry around the fact that Poland has changed laws? Are we are we think, concerned about neighbours? I don't tied? think so much. I think most people recognise that Poland and Hungary are going backwards. Okay. And no, I, 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 all strength to the the women over there, but I think they're fighting very hard. Yeah. To 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 push back on these laws, I think it will be. I think one of the things that will be 
difficult is if the, the abortion act goes back into parliament. Yeah. What we don't know really is this this parliamentary group what they might make of that. I don't think it will because I don't think there's any appetite for people to start. Do we know? Because we've been getting asked by several people. Do we know when the judgment will be released? I know that it was. Um, you know, we don't have any. He said that. Well, I, I I heard the judge say was that because of the time of year there might be a delay. I don't really know what that means. But... Is it the time of year, or is it the is it the subject matter, and that the judge would just uh, like a little bit more time to? Yeah, I some think holidays. I, maybe everyone's. Off. Yeah, maybe. I I think. But... I've no idea, no. but I would think it would probably be at least a month. Yeah, okay. I think they'll want to craft something quite careful, and it will be be very interesting yes. to see what, what is said. Um, I think because one of the, again, one of the things you can see some of the, the campaigners being unhappy with, and I think we'd all agree, that the wording of the law, mm. ground E of the abortion so, law, yeah. when it talks about severe handicap and substantial risk of severe handicap, and things, were, phrases that came from the 1960s we they're insensitive now so is there a case then to be said like let's reword this law no okay <laughs> well oh, that yes was very no. emphatic yes <laughs> but it is emphatic because the only way we could do that would be to take it back to parliament right okay and that i don't think is a sensible idea it's not worth the risk it's not worth the risk and and yes i absolutely support those people who find the the, the wording offensive and insensitive yeah. it is there's yeah. no question yeah, 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 we yeah. always have to to make that admission but to try and you, you would not be able to just change the wording yeah the whole, the whole thing would, would become back yeah. before parliament okay. and we don't know then where we, we would be and i would want to protect the law as it stands yeah yeah I wanted to just talk about because something else that sort of came out and this was this is on the on the back of the article that was in New Statesman, um, you know, and it was just one one person. But I think it's really worth because I think it was a really fair enough, fair point um, that, you know, guilt is felt by people. But it might not be a lifelong guilt and that a lot of people learn how to release that guilt and I think it's really worth saying that and making that statement and actually there may even be people that feel no guilt have never felt any of sorry Jane is in the office right now and there will be phones yeah, ringing sorry. sometimes sorry about that we <laughs> really do run a helpline my colleague is busy answering calls and sorry about that um, but I will just say that again so I just wanted to yeah make that kind of Put that out there that actually yeah there's guilt involved in termination for medical reasons but not for all people or maybe not for the entirety of their lives yeah really important point Haley. and and again it goes back to the complexity and the range of of reactions mm -hmm. and emotions people will experience and we can't make assumptions that everybody is going to struggle long-term with guilt mm. and I would make another point here and it's something I find myself saying quite often on our helpline to people who do worry about their recovery is that no way could I have stayed so long mm. at ARC if people didn't find a way through mm. and manage this experience and learn to live with it make peace with their decision recognize that the difficulty the circumstances they were in and manage it all I, and I would have left after the first year because I would be I wouldn't be working in good faith yeah if I thought that this defined people it's an incredibly difficult life experience but people manage it in their own ways 
Mm. And it's very important to allow people to have to, to narrate their own experience and to describe the feelings they had. Yeah. I think it's really important that we don't start saying that, well, yeah, exactly. Just because I had these feelings, it means everybody else will have these feelings. And I mean, there are some feelings that are more common. Sure, I mean, sure. sure. Yeah, absolutely. The conversations yeah. we have, we know there are some that are more common than not, but yeah. But yes. Yeah. And I, 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 yeah, exactly. There's some, there's common themes here, but I, I think it's also it's something that Jessica Zucker brought up actually um, and talked about. She's, she's, um, the I had a miscarriage campaign and talking about this ambiguity and that, you know, people have a range of emotions and feelings about their losses. Um, and, you know, to be truly inclusive, we have to welcome all of that and not say, well, yes. one's good and one's bad. And, you know, it sort of, again, goes back to this whole, you know, the, the A word abortion, you know, one's good, one's bad. Um, I mean, if, um, you know, the feelings that came up last week, I mean, Catherine, you know, you were really shaken up by. Yeah, I think well, going back to what you just said, like you do a lot of the work like to recover from the trauma and just heal again, but it doesn't take much to sometimes blow that apart, mm. which I felt it did. But I think after a few days, I'd kind of managed to tap back into that you know the, all the healing work I've done so the recovery time was much quicker mm. and then you know I think we're always going to get stuff like this all the time in the news it doesn't take much just to trigger emotions and that heavy feeling again yeah yeah that that you can be sort of knocked off course by somebody's um thoughtless words or yeah like it was like, I think it was that like one headline I'd said to you about it was um the NIPT test was basically cash cows for screening yeah. out down syndrome it's just like wow yeah you know those words are so and I yeah like you know how headlines work but those words are quite difficult to read yeah and it, it doesn't take much for a couple of words I think to open up old wounds yeah yeah it's well yeah. they are very provocative and, and and again it's something I think we find ourselves saying as an organization pretty consistently is this 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 attempt to suggest that women um, make these almost consumerist decisions that okay I've had this diagnosis baby's not perfect I don't want it yeah <laughs> that's the messaging yeah exactly got. and it, that messaging and that's what I find really hurtful is it? Yeah, yeah it's yeah it's the words but it's the reading between the lines mm. this is what yeah. you're trying to say yeah. and yeah. that's I think the really hurtful thing. I think I also want to say, because this, this is again, messaging between Catherine and I last week that I, I felt really angry for what I felt was bullying for women and families who have had a Down syndrome diagnosis. So, you know, I felt like this was a, Catherine was being bullied. I know she wasn't being bullied directly, but it, it felt like that. And I felt really angry and upset. And I agree with you, but unfortunately the other side, and I hate talking about it in those terms, but that's what it's become, will point to the fact that Heidi Crowder had the most awful trying you can imagine. And you know, that, that's gonna come with the territory. We are where we are with social media, but she's had some dreadful, dreadful, mm tweets and posts and yeah. Facebook posts etc and and that would be what's thrown back 
Yeah. And again, it's this tit for tat thing, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And it's actually this again, I will say it again, that this doesn't actually get us anywhere. Mm, mm, mm. This tit for tat. It's the society we live in these days. I mean, taking it to the comments about the football even. No, I just, I'm like, no, I, this is why I'm saying it here now on this podcast that gets listened to by whoever many people, however many people gets listened to that we really need to stop and think wait a minute am I being distracted from what's actually the most important thing because I I believe yes that is something that gets done we get distracted off the main point and 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 that's both sides I agree I would say both sides get distracted off the main point or I I I, yeah it yeah, I mean, I take your I take your point, and and nobody should be bullied. It's basically the, the yeah, thing. exactly. Nobody that. should it's, be bullied. It's this it's this attempt. What you know, we'd all like to see is an attempt for everybody to be accepting. Yeah. Of yes. different decisions. Yes. Different ways of living. Different ways of being. And not suggesting room that for all. one is somehow superior to the other. Mm. Yeah. It's just not. Yeah not the case and no the other argument that is often brought up around down syndrome is that you know we're facing the the you know the annihilation of the condition it will know it's it's screening out of Mm -hmm. people with down syndrome look at iceland look at this thing but really that isn't happening women will make different decisions screening isn't perfect yeah we're not going to be in a position where babies with down syndrome are not born anymore yeah so stop yeah let's just concentrate on being as inclusive a society as we can be for those people living with the condition making sure they have all they need to thrive and leave women and couples in pregnancy to make their own decisions yes simple as that right i feel like that's a really good place to end this discussion to probably be discussed again (laughs) at some point (laughs) but um because this is a huge 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 topic um and yeah thank you so much jane for coming on and and speaking with us problem thank you yeah i mean i'd also want to make the point that arc obviously here for people who have been upset by some of the things we've been discussing or what is out there in the media please do feel able to make contact with us if you need to offload or vent and have a sympathetic ear yeah, and we will put um, ARC's details, contact details onto the episode notes uh, again and when we share it on social media as well. Yeah, so thank you, everyone. Um, thank you for listening. Um, we know it's been a really tricky week for a lot of people. And yeah, we just want you to know that we're, we're here and we're listening. And yeah, we really are feeling it with you. And yeah. Um, we want to hear from you. So when this episode goes out and it will be out, you know, we're recording it on Tuesday. It's going to be out this week. So apologies for any rough around the edgesness. Um, and sorry for the phone. Yeah, ringing. sorry for the phone ringing <laughs> at, at certain times. But yeah, we just want to get it out quickly for you and hope that it helps. So let us know. Let us know. Um, and that's it for this time. And we'll be we'll be back as long as there's no other big clangers in the media. We'll be back next month. Um, so take care, everyone. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.